Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and identity meet. Transition of Style is sponsored by QueerCut, a global gender-free marketplace and online community that connects LGBT shoppers with queer-friendly brands and products. Welcome back to Transition of Style. I'm your host, Corinne. What's going on? Guys, today I have with me Rachel Garbus. Let me tell you a little bit about Rachel. Rachel is a queer writer, performer, and teacher based in Brooklyn, New York, attempting to dismantle the patriarchy armed with comedy and storytelling. She teaches social justice, art, and activism to middle high schoolers, writes satire, humor, and nonfiction, performs improv, and sketch comedy around town. Holy Christ. Rachel, what's going on? Hey, Karen. You're doing a lot. <laughs> I'm doing a lot. You're doing the most. <laughs> Holy crap. What's going on? This is crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the New York way, right? Oh, my God. Well, it's true. This mm-hmm. is what we do. We do juggle many things here Absolutely. in New York. It's the city of juggling. I haven't met a person who does just one thing. I don't think anyone here is allowed. I think you have to leave if you try to. If you just If you're do like, one. I just want to, yeah. I don't know. It's too few. Work Get in out a shop. Of and people are like, leave. You gotta leave. <laughs> leave. Can't be here. <laughs> Um, so, Rachel, you're doing a lot, so uh-huh. I want to know, like, which of these things got started first, the writing, the, the performing, the teaching, Wh- which one of these came first? Well, I would say, weirdly, the social justice came first. I um, I was going to go to law school. That was kind oh of the, the train, and then I got off the train. Yeah, I, I grew up in Massachusetts, I went to Smith, yeah. and I went, my first job was in Atlanta, Georgia, where yeah. I was working for the Federal Public Defender's Office doing death penalty appeals. What? Hey, so, wait a minute. Hang on. Hold on. We just got to find yeah. out how Mood things... killer. <laughs> it's just like, where... How did it just... You Like, you... How did this path... Where, where did this come from? Right. Like, goodness. I, good question. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, this is like, you were on a completely different path. I was. I was on a totally different path, and... Yeah, you should talk to my parents. They have a lot of feelings about this. <laughs> but they do. And, yeah, I was gonna take the LSAT. I was gonna go, and I just... I don't know. I, I just... It didn't feel like me, you know, I, right. I've used this metaphor before that I was about to go in the oven to become a, a lawyer pie, and I was like, I can't want to be a lawyer pie. You know, I want to be a different kind of pie. What kind of pie? I don't really know. Um, but so I quit that job, and it was an incredible job. I learned so much, and that really instilled in me um, just this fierce, uh, it just you know, dedication to social justice and social activism and just a feeling that, you know, inequality and injustice is just rampant in America. But I felt like art was the thing that I loved the most and performing and writing and and helping others perform and write was the thing that spoke to me the most. And so I just sort of embarked on this question of how do you make those skills, how do you make those passions Mm -hmm. uh, speak to that same question? You know, how does art speak truth to power in the same way that criminal defense speaks truth? Wow. to power. So that's insane. That is incredible. <laughs> Still well, trying I mean, to figure out the answer to that. Well, that's but, okay. And, uh-huh. and it, it, you know what? Sometimes it's a lifelong question. You'll be figuring it out and, and you know, doing different things and different iterations to, you know, to bring that to light or sort of bring that into fruition. So mm-hmm. that's just that's just life. So, you know, you take your time, you get it done. That's totally fine. Thank I can you. only imagine your parents would be like, you said what now? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to do what now? Like, oh, you're what? <laughs> we thought you were done. We thought you were the launched one. I'm the oldest. So they oh, were really? like, look, you're such a good, no, no longer a great. Wow. Well, I think they're happy that I'm pursuing what I'm passionate about. And I've managed to make it work, you know, now sort of, it's nice to 
feel like I'm pursuing the thing that I love the most. And I moved here from Atlanta about a year ago to sort of keep on that journey here. It where, has you know, to. Everybody's hustling, yeah, so it makes a, sense an, to have three this jobs. Is hustle, and, this yeah. is the hustle capital of the USA, Absolutely. without a doubt. So let me ask you, like, why did you move to New York, though? What Was it, was it the performing piece that brought you here to New York? Like, yeah, I would say, I mean, shout out to Atlanta. There's this incredible comedy scene happening there, a live performance scene. The film scene now is really big because of the... Uh, tax advantages in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So there's this really vibrant art community happening in Atlanta, and I miss it dearly. But yeah. I did, I always loved New York and had a lot of friends here who were performing and writing, and so it felt like the right place. And I think this is a place where people are really engaging seriously with those same questions of how Absolutely. art can really be a tool for changing the things about the world that we see that we don't like. So I felt I felt very compelled to come here and, and learn from the people who are doing that and be inspired oh, that's, by them. That's and, beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. So one of our um, past guests, um, she, um, Unique, she was, I'm going to give her a little shout out right now. She came from LA and she, I think she sort of was seeking the same sort of thing. I mm-hmm. think the, the roles that she was landing in, in Los Angeles weren't, um, they weren't, they didn't challenge her in the way she wanted and they didn't she didn't see the diversity in the mm-hmm. roles and, and diversity and even like the, this, the casting that she wanted to and she came here to get that you know to, to make that happen more so yeah. I think I understand I think there is this thing I mean everyone thinks about like you know performing and entertainment is being like West Coast I would have never thought of it so much in Atlanta but yeah. you know here there is there is a very different vibe going on mm-hmm. that I think people come here to seek um, but those are people who are seeking a certain thing mm-hmm. you know so clearly that's kind of what what you were doing yeah, as well right absolutely. so what about the teaching like where, where does teaching come in so, uh, well, I love teaching. I think it's a really, it's an incredible way to be involved in the art world, but also giving it back in some way. Yes. And let's be real, it's gr- a great job. <laughs> you know, it's great to have a job that you can go to every day right. and know that you're doing right. something useful, but you're also getting yeah. paid for it because yeah. the art world, getting paid for your work can be inconsistent. So yeah, it's nice to have course. something steady in the middle of it. Um, but these kids are amazing. I teach in Flatbush and I teach in Bensonhurst and um, we do, I do mostly comedy with my middle schoolers and, um, with my high schoolers, we do all kinds of different art and social justice, uh, exercises and work and activism. And they're so talented. And really? So... And are they engaged with like what you're yeah, doing? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, they, they get out of that pushback, you know, when they're in the chairs, they're like, we don't want to get out of the chairs. And I'm like, get out of the chairs, you know? And they think I'm totally weird. I'm like this wacky art teacher, which I like, I remember my wacky art teachers from when I was Everyone had one. Like, Everyone oh had God, one. I'm one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I had my middle school theater teacher, with, I can't remember her name, she had these gigantic glasses that now maybe would be really hip, but right. in 2002, you're like, oh Oh my god, I remember those glasses. They really were huge. Not. Yeah, they were so big on her face. Um, she had like a Professor Trelawney vibe. Um, but that's a Harry Potter reference for our non Harry Potter listeners. Uh, Hilarious. Yeah, so now I'm her. Now I'm the new Professor Trelawney oh. of my high school, after school program. But they're wonderful. And yeah, they are so engaged. They know so much about the world. Like, I am just astounded every day how much of the news that they pick up. You know, they're not opening the New York Times every right. single day, but right. just the way that information is shared, the way that people communicate now, like, they have access to so much information right. and right. they're picking it up. You know, I think there is this idea that young people don't care about what's happening in the world, but they do. Yeah. And even my middle schoolers who are very young, it's actually been an incredible thing to see the way that they use comedy to 
we talk about things that they're experiencing every day. We play this game called Bus Stop, which is for anybody who's done improv or comedy knows that game. It's really simple. Basically, you have your normal person. We used to call this the quote-unquote straight man. Yeah. Throw that out the window. Because <laughs> straight man doesn't get to be normal. You anymore. better believe it. Yeah. What do we say about the sum- I'm summing the patriarchy? Yeah, exactly. Because men in the patriarchy. One game of Bus Stop at a time. <laughs> So, but so you have a sort of a normal person who behaves as a normal person would, waiting for a bus, and then another person who comes and tries to get them to leave the bus stop using whatever silly, crazy characters that they can. And these girls completely, all girls, which is amazing, completely unbidden, are pulling characters that they've met at actual bus stops in Flatbush, you know, which is this incredibly rich, diverse place full of all kinds of characters. They're pulling them and creating and embodying them totally unbidden. I didn't tell them, this is your character, this is what you do, they just come up with it and they're using comedy as a way to speak about the things that they're experiencing every single day and I just feel like the power of that is so undertapped you know I won't say it's untapped because I think there are people who are taking that work very seriously but that's been a really inspiring thing for me in my work of like okay I'm a performer I'm a writer I'm creating my own work Mm -hmm. but also it using that tool to engage other people to speak to the world around them and to speak to what's happening that they're experiencing that sometimes nobody thinks to ask them about that's a really powerful tool that's amazing it's really beautiful that you're giving them that opportunity to do that yeah I mean I I really wouldn't have thought about using um like like comedy to sort of act out social injustice in some mm-hmm. some sort of way. I just I wouldn't even have thought to like use that as a vehicle. It's yeah. pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that people think of comedy and performance as entertainment that exists outside of the real world. Yeah. But I I think that's completely uh, you know oversimplified. And I think there are all these really powerful ways to use performance and especially comedy. I mean I think comedy has this great advantage of just literally being fun, yeah, you know, so right, right. that you can see these really powerful, intense, very serious works that are very moving, mm-hmm. but you try and do that with a bunch of 13-year-olds, and they're going to run the other way, yeah, you know? I mean, it's pretty amazing that so, you're doing it. Yeah, it's been really fun, and the group that I work for, it's a partnership with Brooklyn College, and they just do a really amazing job. That is incredible. That's incredible. So. I, you know, just, just a quick question, one more question about that. Like, these kids, were they already looking to perform? Is that what they want to do, or is it, this just happens to be their class and this is and they're they've taken to kind of what you've mm-hmm. That's yeah incredible because I was just like wow how did you get them to like you know start thinking like this mm-hmm. like it's amazing you must have some way of like I don't know like I, I just I just can imagine being in an art school being like you want me to do what like, yeah I, like I don't know how to like, <laughs> and they still do that sometimes they're like I'm sorry what now what <laughs> right. are we doing you know but it's in there and just finding the ways to to draw it out and to help them tap into it that's great really... that's great good work good Thank for you. you I love that you're it's doing it's been that. really it's been a pleasure it's been more fun than it hasn't been so okay I'm well always, that's good yeah, they make me laugh so hard oh that's fantastic it's, what, what wonderful work that's that's really great um so okay let's let's talk about you let's talk about your identity yeah let's talk a little bit about identity wow, so okay. tell, tell me about how you identify I want to hear all about that I mean is it, you're a queer writer so tell me about how you identify um right now in your life great so I guess I identify as a lesbian and mm-hmm. I identify as a femme lesbian I guess so I kind of feel like I move through the world tapped into my femininity more yeah. than anything else mm-hmm. and yeah queer to me still feels like the most beautiful inclusive yeah. word as we continue to add letters on to our yes. LGBTQIA exactly. plus etc. It exactly. just feels like guys we're just queer. <laughs> like it just feels like the most beautiful inclusive word. And, it is. Um it is. so that to me feels like the the center iron fast part of my identity. But yeah. if I expand beyond that, yeah, I, I feel like a 
femme lesbian. And so, I mean, we have, you know, I've tried to approach this in the podcast in the past Uh and about, you know, you and I were talking, having a little conversation off mic. There is a thing in the queer community where, you know, queerness has come to be signified by androgyny, Mm -hmm. by people who are maybe, you know, identifying as, for women who are cisgendered women, but identify as more masculine. You don't, we're not, we're not getting so much the femme part of it, Mm -hmm. the part, the part, the traditional femme part of it. I feel like that part of it is not seen, it's not talked about, not celebrated enough. I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like that's you've experienced that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think it I think it can be a tricky thing to talk about because I think people hear femme and they say, "Well, you have the whole regular quote-unquote normal world at your disposal." Like the like the queer world is for, you know, when we're talking about expression, we're talking about identity, we're talking about style, like, these are things that we really need a space to talk about. And I could not agree more. Oh yes. my goodness, sure. I think that this incredible wave of androgyny and uh, and non-binary and people just dressing in the way that feels right for their body, I think is so incredible. So it does, can sort of be a shifting sand kind of place to be, of saying, like, I identify so much as a queer person, mm-hmm. and then I, the, my expressive style feels like it cleaves to something that maybe feels a little more traditional, like right. being a feminine woman and wanting to wear dresses and high heels and jewelry and makeup and all of these things and how does that fit and I think that that can be really tricky and this question of femme visibility I think can get a little bit lost in this new beautiful explosive world that we're in now of of how does that part belong in the queer community and how do femme women express themselves in a way that feels visible to their people um, without trampling other people's right to express their own totally absolutely absolutely so I mean and because of the fact that you know um, femmes can can be a little um, partially invisible in our community I think there sometimes comes a point where there like I I feel like I've encountered a lot of people who feel like they somehow have to prove or somehow outly express queerness Mm -hmm. in order to be seen you know I mean (laughs) You you're shaking your head oh, yeah. like oh I've been oh, there yeah. oh my god <laughs> right you know I I want to like I want to get into the meat of that like yeah. what do you what do you have to do to let somebody know yeah. hey I'm queer you know <laughs> because I don't have to do a whole lot uh-huh. but you know someone like you might have to right so what do you do and like, it's a funny it's a funny thing I was just talking to one of my uh, friends about this who also identifies as a femme lesbian and we were joking that we were gonna sew rainbow flags <laughs> onto every single article <laughs> of clothing because it does if this thing happens she was telling me this very funny story that I could totally relate to where that maybe it's a thing that you've never experienced Corinne but maybe you have you're walking down the street and you see two women holding hands that are like probably a couple and they're having a great time and you just love them in that just way that we just love each other that you see your people and you just love them exactly exactly and you want to signify to them that you that you're you're like hey I see you and and my friends who are a little more masculine of center who sort of present more visibly queer Mm -hmm. say that this beautiful thing happens where sometimes you make eye contact and you kind of do this nod and everybody knows we're all part of this family and we love each other we move on and it's no big deal right and then as a femme lesbian, you just look like this weirdo, probably straight person, like making it super awkward for these queer people that you see them and you're excited about oh them being through God. their day. I can't tell you how many Has times. Has it happened like, to you? Like, yes, and I've probably made so many lesbians feel embarrassed <laughs> by my like beaming smile that in my beaming smile I'm trying to signify, I'm also queer. I also love to walk I down love the street. Let's go. I, I love, love you guys. I love you so much. You are my people and I yes, love you. But yes. I'm sure all they're seeing is this is like totally 
totally overenthusiastic woman just beaming at them in this really creepy yeah. Professor Trelawney oh kind of way, maybe, you know? It's just my Back thing. Yes. Exactly. She's yeah, I, I bet you didn't know she was going to be so much, such a part of this. I so. know. Yes. I really didn't wake up today being like, I should talk more about <laughs> Professor Trelawney from Harry I bet you Potter. didn't. Oh, God. You but it's how deeply rooted she is in me. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to look back and think yeah. about that. You're going to be like, oh, uh, she really made an go. impact in my life. Yeah. Um, that's, so that's so crazy because I know, <laughs> yes, I can imagine that must be crazy. It's yeah. like, it must be this thing of like, wow, like, why, why do you not see, why can't they see me? Like, right. I'm just like, I'm part of this. And like, it's so sad that there has to be this thing of like, that comes from thinking that queer looks one way. Let's mm-hmm. be honest, right? That comes from thinking that queer, like, you're right, it is a beautiful mosaic, like, of, of like, all sorts of identities and all sorts of, like, um, expressions. And for to for everyone to think it looks one way, that's bad. I mean, like, I've been guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been guilty. I've been hit on my girls when I'm like, what are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. Should you go home to your husband? Oh, crap, what am I doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's terrible. Uh-huh. It's terrible. And it's like, that's not cool. We have to get better with, like, understanding that queer looks a lot of different ways. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways it's expressed, and we need to, like, encompass all of that, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, we're we come, we, we're using the word queer now to, like, like you said, to, like, have all this inclu- inclusivity into our community. We also need to, we can't just talk about the inclusivity. We actually have to, you know, sh- like, act on that. Like, mm-hmm. really, really show that we're being inclusive by changing our thought processes a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's tough. I can imagine. It's like, it's, it's I mean, like, so let me ask you, if you're in a queer community, like, if you're in a queer sort of, like, at a queer event, or, like, do you feel like there's there's something you have to do in terms of the way you dress, in terms of, like, like how you express yourself, like, like, how do you do it? Like, how do you, how do you let people know that, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm part of your community, and I'm here with everyone else mm-hmm. who's, you know, I'm queer. Here party, You're, yeah. <laughs> I'm here at the party. I'm literally at the party, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah, it's a good question. I will say, I think my thinking has evolved on this. I think that I, um, when I was younger, I felt more... Like, I had to dress differently, maybe, if I wanted to signify to people. Yeah. Or that, that signifying was important such that I should. So I experimented with that, with wearing, like, sort of more androgynous clothing mm-hmm. and trying to experiment with that. And it just, it never felt right. right. And it didn't, it just didn't quite feel like me. And right. it didn't feel, like, yeah, like I was trying to be something that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because on your podcast you've interviewed quite a few people who sort of feel that, in the opposite way, yes. that they were sort of moving through the world in this feminine dress, That's just right. feeling really not like themselves. That's so exactly I think, right. And I kind of felt that, you know, as a child, I was a total girly girl. I never wanted, I would only wear leggings. That was my compromise <laughs> with my parents when it was cold. I wouldn't wear pants, but I would wear a legging. <laughs> but I had to wear a dress over it. Yeah. So I was like ultimate, you know. Yeah. And I think my first object of lesbian love was my sixth grade teacher who mm-hmm. was a lipstick lesbian who wore these long linen dresses and wow, really? drills and like <laughs> yeah and now that's not really the kind of people that I am necessarily attracted to or date but it's it's me you know like yeah. she really became both an object of desire but also an object of self-identifying of saying like oh this is a woman who's married to a woman who really looks like what oh, I want so you got to see what like. that looks like yeah and that was really that's rare beautiful. I think because I had other examples of adult lesbian women moving through the world but a lot of them sort of like didn't really look the way that I wanted yeah. to look or, you yeah. know so so I think that that was a pretty seminal experience for me but yeah once I came out um sort of experimenting with like quote-unquote looking more queer uh and then eventually just 
kind of accepted that that that, that didn't feel right. It's not you. Yeah, that maybe I was going to have to do a little more work to signify to people that I was queer, but that that was worth it to be who I wanted to be. Yeah, because girls are cute. Yeah, 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 it's worth it. Yeah, 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 ye
Yeah. Right? You can be queer and be 100% feminine and, like, not date men. Mm-hmm. Or date men. Like, you can be bisexual. Right. Like, whatever. And it's like, but it's it, we have to start getting to back to the idea that queer is a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. To a lot of different people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just the commercial, you know, like, sort of, I don't know, look of, like, being, like, androgynous or just masculine-centered if you're female. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of different things. And there, I, and honestly, I will go a little further and say, I know, like, bisexual men who are queer, mm-hmm. you know, that might be married to women, but they're still queer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even that is something that we need to, like, come to understanding that it looks and presents and is a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And we got to get better with, like, our sort of being inclusive. Yeah. Not just saying we're inclusive, but being inclusive. It's so true. Right? Yeah. I, mean, I think I've been guilty of that, too. Of saying, like, right, have. Who I think we all are assuming things about people based on who they are sure. or the experiences that they've had. Right. And I think... Like, the rest of the world is still not totally sold on queerness at all, you know? So we it, we don't do ourselves any favors if we're in here squabbling with each other about who gets to sit where and that's who right. gets to be right. here and who gets to even be inside the room. And yes, Yeah, right. that right. we, you know, really coming back to that model of inclusivity, which is interesting because I think that I feel there's an element of feeling almost dated in a way of like being like a cisgendered femme yeah. lesbian feels like that. something old school yeah. and like that we're no longer talking about that. And I think for a long time I was like, well, this doesn't like my experience here doesn't matter very much because so many other people's experiences are just now having an opportunity to come out and be talked about. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm realizing as I've been talking about more of these things and talking to more of my friends about these things and the people that I know that you know, that everybody's experience is valid and everybody's narrative is valid. And even as we're pushing far beyond the confines of a world that used to look a certain way, mm-hmm. people's experiences are still valid, even if they aren't at the forefront of that, even if they are this old wave, you know? That's right. Um, and it's, it's so, I mean, like, it's weird to hear, but I think you, I know what you mean by people thinking it's dated because right now we're in a place where like being non-binary and, and, and blurring the lines is, is, is kind of leading the charge right now mm-hmm. and that's fine but like honestly guys I'm sorry I'm gonna say this give me a good old feminine day it is fabulous <laughs> I will take that any day yeah. listen it's like everyone has their preferences but I, I think that that we can't lose that seat at the table right. we can't lose that seat at the table like mm-hmm. it has to be there too that mm-hmm. voice has to be in, involved as well so it's like it's weird that we are there is this thing of dated you know like it, but it's I know we have to keep we have to keep all the seats at the table and let everyone be there and have a little bit of say and you're yeah like right now this is a time where non-binary and and, and people who are blurring the lines and being gender fluid are, are having their day and that's fantastic and it's amazing and yeah I, I love that yeah. I love it but we don't want to lose the seats at the table for, for right. others in our community because the fact is that a huge awakening and expression of this new way of being is incredible but that doesn't mean that everybody is that now That's you know right. we still have all these other ways of being in the world and they're all valid and important and they're all different like we're not I think the more you stray from this old way of being doesn't mean that the people who stray just a little bit less than that yeah. don't have a place at the table anymore yeah so I think it's a really big table it is a There's big table really great it's getting bigger all the time I mean, like, 
the best food. There's a really great decoration. Like, everybody's got a seat, you know? Yeah. And if we need more seats, we'll bring more right. chairs. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. Just make the table bigger and bring make some more chairs. Yeah. We've got leaves. We can expand, you know? We got that. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's a well, really big table. You know, listen, I was going to ask you a little bit about your style, but, like, it sounds like you, you, you're not struggling in any way with, like, being like, oh, I need to try to, like, you know be a little more androgynous with my style. You're feminine, you, you're feminine dressing, and you dress in a way that's very traditionally feminine, and you're embracing that. And I and I have to tell you, it's important that you embrace that. Thank it's you. important that you do that and go out in the world and be that. And let people see that women who are just feminine also are queer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just like this crazy thing to people like, what? Like, yeah. how is that possible? What? It's possible. It is, yeah. It is. It's so like, I think that that, right, I think that my... Like, how I dress, I feel comfortable, and how I dress, it feels comfortable to me, it feels... And I will say, I think a thing that ought to be said is that as a feminine lesbian moving through the world, I take a lot less risks moving through the regular world than other people do. I don't... Because I don't trigger gay to my queer friends, it means I also don't trigger gay to anybody else. So I will say that that is a privilege, that that is a protection, and that I wouldn't want to pretend that that's not true you know that there is safety for you for saying, that's, that's 100 yeah. true without a doubt i mean so there is safety in that blending mm-hmm. but then the flip side is then you know sometimes it's, it's invisibility, invisibility. Yeah. yeah so it's it's you know mm-hmm. it's it it's good in some ways and bad in some other right. ways and and it's and that's unfortunate right but, yeah but i will say i think that i, I sort of if i may be so bold as to give myself a mandate i think that a part of that is that then okay if i have won the privilege of being able to move through these spaces i also have the responsibility of of not hiding myself. So, like, if I'm not going to take the risk just in how I present, I'm going to take the risk in being vocal and public, like my sixth grade teacher. Yeah, fabulous. I think that oh my God, she, she could have kept that a secret. I mean, let's be real, I was growing up in Western Massachusetts where <laughs> nobody needed you to keep it a secret that you were gay. But there were a lot of lesbians. So that was not, you know, in any other part of the state, in any other part of the country, that probably would have been a little bit scarier. Um, but it was, it made such a huge difference to me that I knew that she was gay. So I think that that is my, I think about that with my students. It's important to me that I'm out to my students, that they know that, you know, and they don't necessarily come from families where that's cool, but we're in this different space where they know, like, this is my teacher and she's my weird, crazy art teacher and she's a lesbian, you know? So that feels really important to me too. But but you also never know who you're affecting, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. you just, by you being out and just, and saying, you know, letting your students know, you don't know which one of them or any. If any, are gonna look, you know, look at look at look back years from from now and say, wow, you know, my teacher, you know, Miss Garbus was like, it's a good thing she was who she was. Like it really gave me permission to be like this. You know, yeah. for me, it may be none of them, but it may be one. Maybe you one. know, maybe yeah. more. You know, mm-hmm. but it's like this is why this whole visibility piece in general is very important because you it is affecting people you don't realize it's it's actually affecting. Right. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's it's impacting people in ways that you don't know and because it's a quiet thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and sometimes you're just planting a seed. Yeah. That later on grows and you and someone's like, I saw this once I saw this representing somebody else and now I feel like I know what it looks like and I know that actually speaks to me and this is what I am. Totally. So it's kind of beautiful. And you bring that up on your podcast a lot and I love that. Yeah. Just the power of just wearing what feels right yes, to you and so that important. you have no idea who's seeing you on the street that's being right. like, hell yeah, get yeah. at it. You look amazing. <laughs> and that that's an, a small authorization to somebody else. And so I guess just in talking about this together and thinking about it, that maybe as a person who doesn't signal in that particular way that there's 
there's this other way of saying, yes, this is how I look, and maybe I look like all these other people, but this is who I am, and this is how I identify, and you also can look this way and identify I this way. I love it. I love it. You, I think that's, you, that is some warrior status right there for me, my friend, and yeah. I, I love that you're doing it, and I love that you remembered to say, okay, so I can pass, but now my responsibility is to come out in, in, in these spaces to let people know this is also what queer looks like. And I'm very much queer and I'm not confused. I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not going through a phase. Yeah. You know, like, oh, this mm-hmm. is a really long ass phase. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, really this is a long ass phase. phase. Yeah, this would be... Right. You're out of phase uh-huh. territory. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> no. Yes. Out of phase territory. <laughs> You're I'm completely proven. out of that. Yeah. <laughs> totally. No, I think there were a lot of people when I, I had a group of coworkers when I first started dating women. And I remember um, my friend, a guy friend, saying, I don't think you're really gay. I oh think you're God. just going to date this girl. Oh, my God. You know? And at the time, I really didn't know. I was like, I maybe, like, maybe this is my only girlfriend. I knew that he was wrong, you know? <laughs> but I think now I've seen him since then, and he's like, God, I was... I was wrong. Oh, he good. apologized. Oh, that, so, yeah. Right, take responsibility, man. Totally. Right. Like, and, yeah, right. I might be your, like, coworker wearing a dress at this bar, this straight bar with all these straight people, but, like, I still get to be who I am, and I that's mean, who I am, and I'm not going anywhere. To me, it's a, like, please keep coming out to people, because I feel like if I'm, when I'm ever in a situation where I'm, like, not an, in a queer situation, like, I don't know, like, a work event or whatever, and, like, I I get to talk to somebody who I did not realize was queer, and I find out the queer, it's yeah. like finding a gem. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, my God, totally. look at this gem. It's a gem here. It's so wonderful. It's a, gem. It's a precious yeah. gem here. It's a wonderful place. I'm not expecting gems. Absolutely. It is it's really nice. It's a treat every it is, single time. It's never not a treat. It's never not a treat. Yeah. <laughs> never not a treat. It is wonderful. So I feel like I want to encourage people. Let people know. Drop the hints. Yeah. Say what you had to say or just come on out. Diana Ross, black blaring in the background. Get it out of there. You do it. Be just someone's do. treat. I'm coming out. Yeah. Just do it. Be someone's treat. Be someone's treat. Always today. be a treat. Please be my treat anytime you want. It's wonderful. I, yeah. I absolutely love it. All right. So listen, we're going to wrap up. But this is the time when I'm going to say, do you have anything you want to plug? Do you want to tell people where to find you, where they can see you perform, improv, read your writing, any of this stuff? I want to know. Goodness. Tell us. What another treat, (laughs) Yes. I love the Treats for you, my friend. (laughs) Well, if you want to hear more of my thoughts about uh, femme queerness in the world, I'm actually writing an article in Wussy Mag, which is an Atlanta-based queer magazine uh, edited by some really fabulous queer people. Uh, So that should be out in January or February. I'm writing that now. So that'll talk about some of the same things that we've been discussing today. Fantastic. And um, stay tuned for a queer storytelling show Ooh. coming to a living room near you if you live in Brooklyn. <laughs> great. Uh, details to follow. That's great. Uh, yeah, but um, well, I'll be plugging that on Instagram. You can follow me yes. at Good Gracious Rachel. Ooh, I love that. Uh, so we'll be plugging some of that. Yeah, so um, bringing this big, wild, queer storytelling show that will be um, open submission for people who want to tell their story. Uh, Corinne, if you're feeling inspired, maybe we'll see, you we'll see. submit you a little know. thing. Yeah, um, so maybe making that a regular series. But for now, uh, late January, early February. Stay tuned, Fantastic. folks. Fantastic. And we can find they can find that at Good Gracious Rachel That's on me. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I absolutely adored this entire discussion. You have really dropped some amazing nuggets today. Uh, thank you so much to being here. Well, thank you so much for having me and for this amazing project, which oh I think God. is so powerful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know, one story at a time. One story. We're telling one story at a time, and we're trying to, like, 
um, just bring uh, just bring these stories to the forefront and let people know that queer looks a lot of different ways and you know just get people understanding that this is a big community with a lot of diversity in it totally yeah so thank you so much for being here it's so awesome thank to you Corinne be um, someone's treat folks oh my I'm god gonna, yeah, well, I'm gonna tell we're, we're going to so make that the quote <laughs> of this episode <laughs> I love it so much it's fantastic alright so guys thank you so much for being with us today please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher um, please rate it comment um, get in touch with us if you have any questions and I want to thank you for being here please join us for the next episode Thank you.